you've been on uh, my explore page a couple of times actually before I followed you today. Oh, really? Yeah, and I remember. I didn't know that. Yeah, because here's the thing: um, I I only follow one other person from like the lifting community, and it's Lift Run Bang. Oh yeah, yeah. So I've always loved his style because I went through physical therapy just because of a stupid benching accident. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, my shoulder mobility and my, my chest pec area was just kind of hurting. Over the years, my hips started hurting and it was like all right side based. Um, come to this day, I have muscles in my neck that are just not even supporting me the way they should be. Right. And it mm-hmm. all came from that type of interest. So when I saw you know, people like you kind of breaking down things out of the normal talked about um, occasions and unlike practices, mm-hmm. it, it hooks me. So it's like, okay, this guy knows what's up. That's not, <laughs> you know, they, they speak more about, yo, I figured this out because I went through it, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's where I come from. You know what I mean? I didn't go, really go to school or do anything. So I'm the type of person where if, if I start speaking, I'm going to be like, you know, people are going to think I have no credit to this, but it's mainly out of experience. And I think that's one of the best, like, uh, learning tools we have. Absolutely. Many of us don't even, and, you know, and, uh, like, uh, th- there's a lot of people in the fitness community that would just, they get really scientific, especially with like the terminology that they use and whatnot. So I try to kind of stay away from that. So people don't, cause it is kind of intimidating for some people or, you know, once they hear like that terminology, you know, I mean, like with me, I'm really persistent. So like, I'll go and research what words mean and, and things like that. Uh, but most people, they don't want to take the time to do that. They're just like, man, just tell me without confusing. Me. So I'll try to bring that to the table. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It's, um, it's something that everyone really needs to, to just learn and, and ground themselves in. But I'm extremely interested in, in your background. Um, you know, you, you classify yourself as a bodybuilder, writer, uh, transformation coach, if I have that correct. And I went to your Instagram and I, I saw the first post, which was a transformation picture. Can you talk to, talk to me a bit about what you went through just throughout the whole process? And because that's an amazing transformation, man. Like it's an incredible to see really. I was, I, yeah. You know, when you think it's fake, what do you think it's fake? And then, and then it turns out it's real. You're like, wow, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, it's incredible. And it's honestly like more than anything, it's, I think it's, it's, it's inspiring. Um, and most of our audience comes to us we're known to just like respond to people's messages. Yeah. So they, they always tell us like, keep that up. I hope to God you guys don't grow and then just stop responding. <laughs> and I'm, we try, we're humans, but, um, the, the main point is they are always heavily inspired by lots of things. And I think one of the major things we haven't deeply covered is bodybuilding and the true benefits behind it, spiritual, uh, whether it like, dude, I've heard of some people like changing up their beliefs and their identity because of it, you know, and it, and it's bodybuilding. Yeah. Bodybuilding. Yeah. And I can see that as a whole, dude, you, you become a better human being, I believe. And I think we're going to dive into that this episode. Um, but go ahead. Yeah, just take the floor. Describe a little well, bit of I your mean, background and where you even like got into this. No, actually, I want to introduce him. I want to introduce Go him ahead. properly because I know we just started talking right off the bat. <laughs> but uh, everyone, today's guest, Matt Stevens. How are you feeling, brother? I'm doing well, guys. How are y'all doing? Amazing. Fantastic, Perfect. man. Um, the, in today's age, ladies and gentlemen, we 
are facing a war. The war is led to believe, it has led us to believe that it is on men specifically. It is secretly disguised as a war in my eyes, but I don't know. We might get into this to it this episode. We might not. Uh, me, Zaid, and Matt here are going to discuss a lot of things like uh, gym life, uh, bodybuilding, the great benefits behind it, and you know, even paths like spirituality, religion. What is God? Yeah, yeah who and, who knows where we're going to go? We're going to go. We're going to go everywhere, so. and uh, go in a million different directions. Yeah, Matt has been uh, uh, on our interest list for a while, and we're just going to rock and roll, bro. All right. So, Matt, I know that going to the gym may be difficult for some people. Mm -hmm. And a lot for many reasons. It could be looks, it could be uh, inner self confidence, it could just be. Well, besides, when we think of looks, we think of fat, we think of bigger, right? But it could be also the opposite, which is a, a lot more skinny than the average person. Um, I know a lot of people face a war within themselves and don't really know where to start when it comes to practicing an agenda of some sort at the gym. So I, I remember me personally going to the gym, skinny guy, I would walk in there and absolutely know nothing about it. Like I, you'd think bicep curls are the all and and just doing pull-ups and you know you yeah. don't you don't understand anything about striations and things like that so it helps it you don't seek to go the next day you feel like you've almost done enough uh people don't really know where to start and i feel like i want you to get into the story of your life yeah in a sense and just uh tell people where you came from i mean i me and zade here know but i find it so interesting that i would like you to share it yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and also, I appreciate y'all having me on today. I've, of course, uh, yeah, enjoyed listening to y'all stuff. I've, I've, I've gone on a, on a binge of uh, uh, some, <laughs> some some clips. So we appreciate uh, the love. Yeah, absolutely. I like what y'all got going on here. So, but yeah, uh, basically, uh, you know, anytime I kind of give a rundown on this, I'm like, oh, where do I start? <laughs> um, because I could start, I could start, you know, anywhere. Um, but. Uh, Basically, to make a long story short, you know, all, all throughout high school, uh, you know, being being in Alabama, we take football pretty seriously out here. And, you know, they, they start you off really young in the gym and whatnot, you know, just teaching you techniques. I mean, when I was like 12, they just we had like a broomstick that they were just teach, teaching us technique with uh, to really set us up for success in, in high school and whatnot. Um, so, yeah, lifted all throughout throughout high school for football but when it ended. I, I continued uh, to lift for a little while, but I decided not to pursue college football because it was like, well, I'm not going to go D1. I'm not going to get a scholarship. And I've heard it's just like a job at that point. I was like, I don't want to do that. I had fun with my buddies in high school. I'm done. And so there was really no point for me at that point, at least I thought, to to lift anymore. So I quit. I quit going to the gym. That was one of the worst mistakes I've ever made. Uh, but I was then decided to pursue music because I had always played music on the side. I had a band in high school and whatnot. So got into another band, moved off to college. I went to the University of Alabama and played music with some of my best friends and my my, my brother up there. 
and had a had a great time. Uh, too too good of a time actually at one point. And uh, you know, I got really caught up into the party scene. Like I went up there making straight A's in my classes, and then ended up failing out of school. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so it was a a combination of a few things. Uh, irregular sleep schedule. Um, I was prescribed to like a, a Vyvanse or the, that, you know, uh, ADHD medication, whatever it was. I, uh, a, a lot of drinking, I was eating fast food for just about every meal and yeah, uh, just a lot, just a, a really unhealthy lifestyle. And it eventually caught up with me. Um, and, and the way that it affected me, like I would go to class and it would be sitting in class paranoid, like thinking people are staring at me uh, and it made it so uncomfortable. I just stopped going. But anyway, I eventually uh, ran my life into the dirt, <laughs> essentially. And I was dating a girl at the at this at this one point and uh, she ended up breaking up. It was a really terrible breakup, but it was what I needed because it, it helped wake me up. And uh, that's when I decided to get back into the gym because I was like, I was, you know, depressed, uh, broke, you know, didn't, I, I was literally like not doing anything with my life. I mean, if, if I was her, I would have broken up with me too. So I, I was like, I can't blame her. I was, of course I was mad at the time, but now looking back, it's like, she did the right thing. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, so anyway, there was this, uh, morning when I, when I woke up and it was the picture in that before, uh, an after photo that you looked at. The before photo. So that morning, I remember it very vividly. I woke up. Well, maybe it wasn't the morning. It was probably afternoon, knowing me back then. So I woke up in the afternoon. I walked into that bathroom. Like I didn't have any money to go, you know, buy weed or uh, go drink with. So I was just kind of stuck in my sobriety while I walked into the bathroom and looked in the mirror and just all of a sudden, just like this mix of powerful emotions, disappointment, disgust, uh, sadness, despair, anger, uh, you name it, man, all of these negative emotions, just a wave of them hit me. And I was just like, how did I let myself look like this? Cause I had my shirt off. I was looking at myself in the mirror and I was like, this is the worst I've ever looked. And, uh, I'm a, I was like, I'm a loser. Like, how did I get here? How did I let myself, let myself get here? And I remember thinking, like, I'm done. This is it. Like, I'm I'm tired of this crap. It was it was a day of reckoning for me. And I took a picture that day because I knew I was serious. I was like, this is the last time I'm going to ever look at myself like this again. And I wouldn't remember what I felt like on this day. So I took a picture. Uh, didn't think that it was going to be a before picture or anything <laughs> like that. That was not the point of taking this picture. So, um, but yeah, I, I eventually got to work, got back in the gym. And turn things around pretty pretty quickly, um, and, and then just since that day, you know, things have not been uh, linear. You know, they've been up and down. Like there have been points where I've regressed and then got back into it, then regressed it. So it's it's been uh, up and down all the way through, but upward trend ever since. Man, it was one of the best things I've ever done for myself. Really turned my life around. So yeah, the, I mean that's fascinating, man, because. I think we all come to this point where we feel like we make a decision to change our life or at least the trajectory of our life. But for some reason, that decision doesn't stick for a lot of people. So what do you think? Was it just the fact that you were 
like feeling it on all ends, like you were just, it was from a relationship perspective, a physical one. What do you think made the decision stick? Because I feel like a lot of people go through this vicious cycle where they feel like they make a decision and then start, but then regress back and then never get back into it. Yeah, you're right. And that's a, that's a really good question. And uh, I've asked myself from, from time to time. And I'm, I mean, I, I know what it was like for me. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure there are other circumstances that I have yet to consider. But from, from my standpoint, uh, what I can speak from is that I, I was literally in, in, in so much pain, uh, you know, look at, looking at myself in the, in, the, in the mirror that day, and then having been already been going through depression that was kind of set off by the breakup, which really kind of woke me up like, you're a loser. And I, I just couldn't look at myself and be, and be proud of myself. I was disgusted at myself. And so uh, that, that discomfort and, and that pain I mean, I, I was willing to do whatever I could to get away from it. I was like, I, this is awful and I, I can't keep going down this path. And for a lot of people, unfortunately, when do they, when they get to that point, oftentimes later in life, it's too late. So it's, it's, it's difficult to kind of explain to people what, and, and this has been, this has been uh, an ordeal that I've been trying to wrap my head around. Uh, for a little while now, it's hard to explain to people what they're missing out on without them experiencing it because uh, it's it's relative. So, for example, you have unhealthy people that will say, oh, well, I feel fine. And it's like, no, you don't feel fine. You're just used to feeling like crap. Like it's become normalized for you. That's your new homeostasis is down here. But really, you're supposed to be up here. So you don't even really know what fine feels like. And if they could just feel what this is like up here, uh, they would know this is not fine. I could be doing much better. And then that would give them reason uh, to to try to better themselves. But because they don't have that reality, they have, oh, well, I, I feel fine. They think everything is okay. Uh, and it's just, it's, it's all about just digging deep and, and finding that, that, that pain. And I do believe that there are, there's a wide range of benefits or at least circumstances that getting back in shape or, or getting in shape and, and correcting your health uh, can improve like in all, all regards of your life or all aspects of your life. So uh, I think that's really what it comes down to is just figuring out what what is that pain? Because, like I said, whatever it is, whether it's a lack of confidence or uh, it, you, you, you're, you're lonely and you want to get into the dating field so you can meet somebody, whatever it may be, there's some type of pain that I guarantee you that if you got into the gym, it would improve. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. The power of movement, uh, especially with force. I feel it's a different type of energy. It releases, right? <clears throat> we know what we, we say about energy being released in the air. It's everywhere. Mm -hmm. And that's one of those things. Uh, see, it does something for men, especially. But, I, don't, I don't know if it, I think it does translate into women as well, but, just, but there's something about- I do, I do yeah. like what you said about um, like not knowing what fine really feels like. Because I've talked to myself before, personally, 
and I've got, I've come to that stage and I go, why do I do what I do? Right. Um, I, I've never been the type of person to be chasing wealth or anything. I've somehow made money, but I've always chased, you know, like-minded people, for example, working with mm. like-minded teams. Uh, and if, and if my focus was that, I felt like that was its own kind of energy as well. Oh yeah. Uh, going to the gym. So I would find the people that were more talkative. I wouldn't find the people that are just like, I'm here to deadlift and that's it. You know, <laughs> I, I, I would just, I was that type of person. So I was like, okay, clearly there are signs in life that are treating me and, and kind of nudging me to go a certain direction. Okay. And that's just me personally. So mm-hmm. Zade's here could be completely different. Yeah. Um, but I, I love that because it's, we were so quick to jump to say, no, I'm fine. When you, you don't acknowledge that there are levels above you sometimes. Oh yeah. Always. It's, That's probably why it's the, like, it's extremely important to be around people who are at that level, just to give you that, that relative experience. Right. Um, oh, yeah. well, and this is also something I'm curious about. Like, for you to go from like your transformation from the beginning all the way to like a top 1% body lifter, what, what is the motivation behind that? Are you just like an obsessive personality? Have you been around people who have done that? Like where, where does that come from? Uh, yeah. So it's, it's funny that you mentioned that because I had a friend, uh, actually he was my roommate when I was, when I, with the, the, uh, the time when I, when I took that picture, he was my roommate at the time. And this was a few years ago that he said this to me, but uh, he said, one thing I noticed about you, Matt, is that when you decide to do something, you go at it 110%. Like you're never just, Oh, I'm going to dip my toe in the water here. When I do something, I do it. Like I all in. Um, so I guess, I don't know if, would that be considered, would you consider that obsessive? Like a, yeah. Sure, I think, yeah, I, I, think yeah. I think all three of us here share, definitely share the obsessive mentality yeah. because we get yeah. the same question is you're doing too much. You're doing too much. And I'm, I always feel like I'm not doing enough. And then I <laughs> yeah. think about it and I calculate the time and I'm like, I did spend 27 hours working in the past three days. Like, yeah, you know, and, and it still doesn't add up. It doesn't make, it doesn't give you the feeling of contentment, you know? And I feel yeah, like and- that's what makes us kind of always carve a hole through the path and just, we're just trying to find our way, even though the ways pay, it's like, it's here. Yeah. uh, Yeah. And, and, uh, uh, what was it? Um, what was I going to say? So yeah, it was the same thing with my breakup as well. That's what I was going to say. Um, like I had got, I had never been in like a, a relationship at the, at the time. Um, where I was like fulfilled and, and it was successful and everything was just going really well. Uh, that was one thing that I never had. And it bothered the hell out of me that it didn't work out. Cause it's like, I thought I was, I thought I was a good guy and all this. I was like, what the hell? Like, how did this happen? Uh, so I, I started researching the hell out of relationships and attraction and d- went down that rabbit hole. And that's how I learned all of that as well. Um, so yeah, I, w- I would guess I would say that I become a s- obsessive with things, but uh, there's definitely an emotion attached to it for sure. Yeah. I think it's the, it's also the development of the habit of it. So when you, I remember going down the same rabbit holes 
in a, a time in my life, you know, you're, you're researching the hell out of women. You're researching the hell out of like, and at every dude goes through this, you know, and then sure. you start going, yeah, bro, I'm going to go on semen retention. I believe in no fap. <laughs> I actually submit my forms into the community every day. You know, it's cool, oh. but it's like, um, it's awesome to go down that, but we forget about the practice of, we learned how to research. We learned how to connect and, and, and find the things that we tune in with. Yeah. And it's like, that's these, that's the stuff you take. I think people focus on the subject too much. Like it's not necessarily, um, the being interested in women. It's, it's why it's the intention. It's, it's going yeah. meadow with it. It's going down with it. Yeah. And it's, and if, honestly, honest to God, I think most people do not know how to get deep these days. Right. Uh, communication style. One-on-one -on -one communication. Yeah. One-on-one -on -one communication. Impossible. I see it with my neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, real quick. So funny. I was, I went out the other day and my neighbor just looked up and took out the trash. So now I came in, rolled up. I just, uh, took out my food from my car. And then I was like, Hey neighbor, she looks and it goes away. And I'm like, oh. and she sees me talking. <laughs> so she goes, Oh, AirPods out. And she's like, did you say something? And I was like, how are you doing? And now, and now I, I'm just like, the timing is off and I don't feel like doing this, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just funny that it's just how people operate these days. It's, it's, it's nuts to me. I, I think we come from a place where it's just like, we, we'd rather connect and overshare and communicate, you know, cause that's where oh, it's yeah. at. It's we're humans at the end of the day. We're not American citizens. We're not <laughs> like we're broader, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, we forget that. But uh, I think it's uh, to do with a lot. But uh, back to the point. Well, what, what, were you, what you were saying earlier yeah. uh, about uh, feeling fine and, and the, the result, uh, you, you said that people a lot of times focus on the result. Was, was that right? You said, you said a lot of people t uh, like to focus on, on the result more or the on, on result the, or the subject. Yeah. Yeah. On the subject more than the on actual. The subject. Okay. Uh, Intention behind it. You know what I mean? So oh, it's yeah, deeper yeah. than that. Yeah. In, in, uh, I guess I was referring to, you may have, you may have reworded it or, or worded it differently uh, from what I heard, but um, I remember what, what just popped in my head mm -hmm. when I heard you say that was there's, there's results-based goals and then there are process-based goals. And I think a lot of times the process-based goals get left out. They, they don't, they're not considered because they're not what's desired. And we're always like, for example, especially in my profession, you always hear people, okay, well, what is your goal? What do you want? Well, I want to lose fat, uh, 10, 10, 10 pounds of fat. Well, okay, that's great. Well, how are we going to get there? And let's set goals for that. Like, for example, I want to be 90% consistent with my diet this week. I want to wake up every morning at seven and go on a walk. Uh, I want to make sure I go to bed at eight. So I get my eight hours of sleep. Those, those types of things were like, okay, these are my objectives. These are, these are my goals here. And I want to get on, you know, a streak, a streak. And cause here's the thing is when you, when you focus on the process, the results are inevitable as, yeah. as long as, you know, you're making the right adjustments and whatnot. The problem I think most people have is they they focus so much on the results and the, the the end product that they neglect the process, which then neglects, which then affects the the end result. 
Yeah. So it's not developing that because I, I try to explain the bigger picture to people like this is about developing a lifestyle. This isn't about an end result because the problem that people have when they just do that is that end result is like the finish line. Mm-hmm. They get there and the race is over. And then that's when people throw everything that they worked for to the side and they go back to their old ways. So there can't be that subconscious deadline that we or finish line that we give ourselves. Uh, because in order to keep what you've achieved, you have to keep doing what you did to get there. And people have to keep that in mind. What Everything that you did this week, if I work with a client, and they had a great week. I said, hey, look, everything that you did this week, you need to be asking yourself, can I do this for the rest of my life? Like, like seriously, seriously, ask yourself that because uh, that's what it's going to take to get the results and then maintain them. So I try to keep things, as, things as, as simple as possible. So that way they can say yes to that, that question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, not setting time to sit with yourself to process the processing Mm -hmm. is also a major uh just what disability i'm going to call it it's something we don't have these days because of any social media Uh, short-term thinking a a lot of the things that i hear is i i can't just sit alone by myself and think to be intentional yeah and you know i've come to a point like as a man you know, sometimes you get busy and it gets to the point where you don't visit yourself as much, right? So you don't have that as much uh, processing time, I would say. So you have to schedule that stuff in. You, you'd be like, yes, I'm going to go to the woods on Thursday and I'm going to do nothing. I'm not even going to have my phone. I will literally go dark on social media for like a full day. And people are like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's just like, it's just to reorganize, reconnect and... Uh, process you know because in those times that's where i truly think about the the shit i did on youtube today or the other day right and everything that i learned i would dissect it and sometimes think of key parts while on these journeys right Mm -hmm. and process them and i realize that i have dissected them and they have now become broader and they're easier to think about and then i realize that there are processes within these subjects Mm -hmm. you start hinting at them that's just you know, and that's kind of why you need to sit in the dark. It's because you need the time for you to truly think about how deep a subject may be. Yeah. It's truly teaching your brain how to wire itself to think. Mm-hmm. That's where oh, logic yeah. comes from. You know, common sense. Where does that come from? It's to really wire that in. Yeah. And, and just to, to add on to that, that's how you, how you grow. Uh, and and it's it's actually something people avoid doing like actively um, yeah uh, uh like for example you know anytime like uh everyone has emotional triggers and yeah they're always su- they're always su- subconscious so you're not always aware when they're they're triggered you just react um and, and a lot of people most people don't look back and say you know what um why did I act that way? Why did I react that way? And why does it, why did that make me feel the way and really dive deep into those situations? Because like I said, that's where a lot of your answers are. 
uh, where you where you don't want to go, where you're avoiding. Oh, there's a lot of emotions people don't want to confront, uh, traumas uh, that people don't want to confront, uh, that they often need help confronting. Uh, those types of things. I don't think I don't think even the average person is even aware that they can do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, if there's light at the end of the dark, then you have to visit the dark. Like you can't. That's it, another neglecting issue. I think. That's what it is. And you're right. That's where the answers are, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, it's been like that forever. And that's the only way. So uh, to our listeners. And uh, I, I want to ask a question about like the industry as a whole. You can talk about bodybuilding. I know I know that's a distinct thing from like fitness and, and just health in general. Mm-hmm. What do you think is A, the worst quality of your industry and B, the best quality of your industry? Oh, damn. Oh, that's a that's a really good question. Um, so I think it really all just depends on who you, who you're dealing with. Um, and, and so basically like the, the worst quality, I'll just come out and say it. It's, it's gotta be the marketing. Marketing is, is gotta be the worst as far as, uh, the, the fitness industry is, is concerned and, uh, the lying and the misleading, um, you know, we just had the, the whole, uh, liver King issue oh, yeah. happened happened recently where you know he's a he's in supplement sales and he uh professes to be this you know ancestral you know tenets like like living as our ancestors lived or whatever it was and little did we know that this dude's geared up like he's <laughs> he's out there uh, uh uh shooting shooting peds uh to achieve the the, the look that he had and you know, I, I thought, I even thought to myself, I was like, man, there's, there's no way like this, this entire time. I was like, there's no way that dude looks like that just by doing this. I mean, he would be skinnier. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah. you, you like you work, so you know, like, yeah. And, and, and so I, I, I had a, a hunch that he was getting a, a little bit of help. Yeah. Um, and then sure enough, it comes out. And so, uh, it's just pe- people don't appreciate being lied to. I mean, like, I-, I think I don't think people have a problem with uh, PEDs. It- it's it's the the lying that they have a problem with. They they don't like being misled. And uh, I-, I think the industry still has a-, a big problem with that. It's it's improved. It's gotten a little better. Mm-hmm. But of course, there's still work that has to be done. And so I- I'd say that's the worst aspect of the industry. Uh, the the best aspect of the the industry is that um, most of the most some of the mo- most motivated uh, best people helpful people I've ever met have all been like successful in, in the fitness industry or at least you know healthy uh, and I think that there's this I, I guess what, what how would I say it. There's there's this misconception that when you go to the gym, there's a bunch of people there judging you and 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 they're they're assholes and whatnot. Uh, that couldn't be further from the truth. Like mm. you go to the gym, and there's some of the nicest people you'll you'll ever meet. They want you there. They they want you to take care of yourself. We all understand how important health is uh, because we're we're putting forth the effort to take care of our bodies and take care of our health. And so we know what that feels like, and we want. I, me, I know for a fact, I want others to feel like that too. So I feel like that is probably the, the, the best part of the industry is the people who 
truly do want to help and and want to uh and just improve health across the board for for the population um so yeah that's that's probably what i would what i would describe as the best Mm. and oftentimes those people have a very dark past and they've they've learned to utilize that for a better purpose i mean at least that's that's what i've seen within my own life and within other people such as yourself so i definitely commend Mm. that oh uh and and one one other thing sure and i and i appreciate that uh zade yeah uh one one other thing is uh uh, the growth aspect. Um, and I guess this is more in terms of like bodybuilding, but we talked about there being like a spiritual aspect to it. And, and there, there really is, because if you think about it, when you're in prep leading up into a bodybuilding competition, you're fasting, you're, you're fasting from so many different things. Uh, you're not drinking alcohol, uh, you're not eating junk food like you are being on top of and, and there is like this i don't want to call it a high but it is like this energy like this excitement to 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 improve and everything else in your life because you get so or- orderly in your routine that you want to be orderly in other areas too so it kind of spreads and like uh, some of the some of the greatest growth spurs I've I've had have been when I was in prep for bodybuilding because I'm so regimented, so on top of everything. Uh, one little thing gets thrown off and I can feel it. Mm-hmm. So that aspect of growth is another, another positive for sure. Yeah. Holy crap. No, it's a hundred percent true. Yeah. I mean, cause I, like the most I've ever fasted was around 95, 96 hours. So I think it was like the five day mark. Um, what it does to your mind, body, and spirit is just, it's hard to describe. Because like you said, the relative thing, like people need to experience it in order to mm-hmm. understand it. Um, and I just think it has an incredible capacity to, to help people if, if they're able to tap into that, so. Yeah, fasting is interesting. Uh, uh, not even, I, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, uh, I was gonna say is uh, not even just fasting from, from food, because uh, you know, in bodybuilding, of course, we, we, we gotta eat. Uh, we're just kind of limited, uh, building up into a competition, limited to what we can eat. But we're fasting from other things like um, there are certain things that I just won't do. Like I won't go out. Oh, OK. Yeah. Fasting from certain certain yeah. uh, items and things. And, and I guess the the best way to put it is fasting from culture. Yeah, uh, because we really aren't. You, you cannot uh, be integrated in, in culture because, of course, you know, people are out drinking, they're eating junk food, they're watching TV. Like, I don't do any of that when I'm in prep, man. I'm like in growth mode. So mm-hmm. it's fasting from all of those aspects of culture. Yeah. Point A, point B. It's like you're that that owl. It's kind of like my retreats when I usually have like a film to work on. We're usually huh. just jam-packed in a house. So you're just point A, point B. Eat, come back. You know, just that's oh, it. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's, it's beautiful because it, I think that's... They... That little, these little checkpoints is kind of what guides you to be organized in general as a lifestyle. And I think that's, that's what's interesting about fitness as a whole is that there's so many avenues. First of all, I remember my dad used to go to Bally Total Fitness back in the nineties and it was like, it was just cardio and like, you know, bicep curls, Hey, jump rope, you know? 
and it got developed. I saw it get developed. I think I'm, I'm lucky enough to see it get developed. And now there's CrossFit, there's rock climbing. There's just like so many avenues, right? To keep you moving in whatever style you like. It's almost like having a video game console now. And it's the world of gym. And it's like, what do you want? Oh yeah. Um, it, it's beautiful because that kind of stuff is really what structures a person's life, I think. And again, it's because of the process, not the subject. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, boom. Yeah. Just is it beautiful because we we neglect it, man. Like, you know those times when you sit there and you're like, I really was motivated to go to the gym, but after work now I'm like, oh, dude. dude, those were like the most explosive like back days. Those were the days I threw up in the parking lot. <laughs> like it was and I and those were the days of growth surprisingly uh-huh. it taught me a lot you know because it went not only did you ignite an experience of a lifetime you you don't know you're gonna have an experience of a lifetime and we say that over and over again once you exit the house you don't know what you're missing out on you don't know what's gonna happen it could be anything mm. right and that's what's beautiful about it and i think the gym and the fitness is the same way it's like an entry level thing with youtube these days you could just you dude you could search up matt and just watch his videos and get inspired and you'd be like, wow, I have changed my life. Straight was up. it because of Matt or was it because of the gym? It's the process. It's whatever led you there. And it's, it's awesome. I think one of the gates is Matt for sure. Because <laughs> um, first of all, you produce well, amazing content. It's easy to follow. Sure. And it's short form and it's long in the shortest form. It's, it's beautiful. You know, yeah, yeah, he goes, he goes yeah, deep in short form, which yeah, I like. I like it. Um, is there, um, obviously, you know, fitness is a huge passion for you. It's what you do for, for a living. Is there anything outside of that that you focus on to like, I guess, become a Renaissance man in a certain sense? Like you said, you focus on music back in the day. Do you have anything outside of, outside of bodybuilding and fitness that you really like? Uh, I, I mean, like I, uh, there's there's so many different interests that i have of of course um but uh as far as like being involved or or anything like in in a a, you know like a different hobby or anything um probably probably not so much like i of course i i always love to learn about you know culture and, and influence and you know, just, just trying to, to make sense of things, uh, especially when it comes to like, you know, religion, uh, relationships, uh, people, I, I mean, just that in general, but as far as like, you know, activities are concerned, man, I, I love to stay active and do like so many different things. Uh, you know, I've lived in Alabama basically my entire life, but not once out of all the friends that I had that hunted while I was growing up. No one ever took me go hunting. Um, mm-hmm. And so I actually finally, finally got the opportunity to go last year. And I instantly realized why guys get hooked into hunting, man. It is, it's amazing. I was like, I cannot wait to go back. I want <laughs> to get into this. And uh, it like, you definitely see the appeal. And that just goes back to, you don't know what you're missing until you actually experience it. So yeah. that to me was like a huge Oh no, I totally see the appeal to this. I mean, I guess there's like a, you know, an instinct that all men have where like, we, we just love hunting. We love the hunt, you know? Hmm. It's that's interesting, right? It's true. Because 
like think about this Zaid. every time we've ever been to like big bear or something it's been a different experience and when we get out and we're on the way back we start talking you saw it completely different than what i saw (laughs) (laughs) but we both had a good time you know so sometimes it's like just the gathering and just being close to your brothers is all Mm. you need you know and then for your for your other brother it could be like it's it's seeing the animals and breathing this air and whatever and and everyone's going to theme it different but at the end of the day we all shared the same feeling which was we had a good time and it's you get hooked on i think freedom in that sense you really do feel free when you're out there Mm -hmm. and it's I, i haven't been but i can only assume just from a cinematographer's perspective what did you hunt yeah, yeah, you you gotta experience it, man. Dude, I'm telling you, I am uh, so down. Yeah, yeah, like you, like you gotta. We we just went hog hunting. So, uh, and it, this was down in Florida. So, hopefully, I'm gonna be going again uh, <laughs> in a few weeks because uh, I'm I'm actually going down there. Uh, this is with my my mom and, and and her boyfriend. He's got a hunting camp. So, um, but there's like no, you don't need a license to to kill hogs in Florida, and I I think it's like that everywhere. Uh, just because the hog hog population can easily become over overpopulated. Okay, I see. And so, yeah, uh, hogs. Uh, but of course, you know, if you want to go hunt deer or dogs, I'm pretty sure you got to have license for those. Mm-hmm. What is that? What the, you asked? Is that what you asked me? Yeah, I'm curious as to like what, what the experience like. Did you did you feel more connected to? like where your food came from nature, like, cause this is a lot of what people describe when they go hunting. It's interesting. Um, what was like the main lesson from that first hunt? Well, uh, like I'm, I'm really appreciative of, of, of nature anyway. So I mean, I would, I would say the entire experience of it, like you, um, you're getting up, super early in the morning like before the sun is even even rising uh you're in the tree stand and so you know having to 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 go out there and and get to the tree stand and then you're just hanging out until you're you're, you're waiting uh until the, the the hogs come around and so i would probably say it, it was just like I think it was just the whole experience, man. It was like just being out there in nature, uh, the anticipation and uh, excitement that you get because you you may you know get to kill something. Uh, uh, and, and so it's just the whole the whole package. I, I I don't think that I can necessarily pull out one thing that that I was uh, that's awesome ho- hooked about. It was it was the entire experience. I love that. I love that you mentioned that because uh, I go by this right. People focus too much on the experience, right? And what we took out of the experience, but you don't realize that from the moment you opened your eyes, the whole day was kind of, it's, it's laid out for this experience. It's all so the, it's, it has already started, uh-huh. right? So depending on what you do, right? Do something nice for yourself that morning. You know, if you're going to the zoo, make a extra nice cup of coffee, you know, <laughs> it's like, and that is the experience. I, I love that. And it's, that's sick. I, I feel like I want to hang out with Matt, bro. <laughs> yeah, go, go hunting. On, I'm down, dude. Um, yeah, the, the nature topic is very interesting for me. I think it it actually does tie into God, and it, we can discuss religion. And I'd be curious to get your perspective on it. But regardless, like I do want to preface it with this: whether you label yourself as a, a Christian, um, a Hindu, a Buddhist, a, a Muslim, 
regardless, I think we, we all get the same thing out of religion, it connects us to something deeper um, than ourselves. But I, I would love to get your perspective on where you stand with, with God and spirituality and how that influences your, your life and your day-to-day -day routine. Yeah, no, absolutely. So uh, I am a, a Christian, which uh, Christianity is probably one of the most misunderstood religions, to be honest with you. I, I think a lot of people who could even call themselves Christians don't understand it fully. Uh, it's, it's kind of just become, uh, how, how, how would I say it? It's, it's been like a, like a, this nonchalant thing that people just kind of like, oh yeah, I'll, I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian or they just call themselves a Christian with, without really diving deep and into their religion and, and, and studying it. And I think that's why a lot of people walk away because they don't really understand, uh, what it entails. And what exactly it means uh for example like a lot of people will will leave a, a certain church because they think the people there are judging them or being critical of them and so uh they'll leave the entire religion for that and it's like well hmm. you literally let these people run off run you off from god like you you couldn't see past that like you're not going to church for them you're going to church to learn about about God. And I understand being uncomfortable with, with people and or having people make you feel that way. Go to a different church. Don't let them run you off from God. Like that's a, a, a learning experience for you and, and a growth that you're that you're going to be uh, giving up. And uh, uh, there's so much there's so much I could say about this, but uh I just think it, it's really simple too. And I think people like to overcomplicate it. And uh, there have been some like internal ba battles that I've faced with, you know, my religion because there's different arguments, man. We have, we have different denominations and, and, and all this where people disagree about certain things and it shouldn't be that confusing. It should be uh, much simpler than that. It feels like uh, pol politics sometimes. A, a little bit, a little bit. Um, and, and so basically what it comes down to is you're accepting Jesus Christ into your heart, uh, as your, as your Lord and savior, because, uh, when God made us and we decided, you know, Adam and Eve in the garden of, of Eden, eating the apple uh, from the, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Well, now, as humans, we can decide, we can make decisions as to what is good and what is evil rather than taking God's word for it. Yeah. And it was like, uh, it was like at that point, there was nothing like God could do for us until he sent Jesus, because God had to look at us and in, in, in his perfect love. And then when we did that, he couldn't, he couldn't look at us the same because God is all righteous. Like he cannot uh disregard evil things and and we do all have uh, a certain inherent amount of evil in us unfortunately uh because you can't have good without bad true mm -hmm. so basically what god had to do is he had to find a way to be able to to look at us and and to to save us again so to, to, to protect us from his judgment because he's righteous. He has to have a judgment. So he sent his son down 
as a sacrifice for us so that his son would take on the burden of that, that sin instead of us being judged for it. Now Jesus is, and we put it on his shoulders so that God can now look at us and love us in the same way that he loves his son. Yeah. And to me, I just think that's so beautiful. And I don't think people understand fully uh, the, the, the immensity of that, you know, uh, cause I don't know exactly how much y'all uh, have learned about Christianity, but to me, that's like the ultimate showing of love, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it is kind of confusing and whatnot, but there's, that's another thing is y'all, we're never going to fully understand God. You're never going to like, <laughs> he is God. He's a creator of the, the world, a creator of reality. And it, it boggles my mind sometimes when, when people get mad at him for doing certain things. And it's like, you have no idea the type of decisions God has to make. Like to even think that you could, you know, in, in, or at least contemplate that, like it's just arrogant in my opinion. Um, because we're, we're so little, we're humans. We only know so much we're limited. He's not, he is not. So we don't know, uh, whether he's up there saying, okay, well, if I allow this to happen and this to happen, then this will happen. And I need this to happen to prevent this from happening. We, we don't know any of that. Like I, I put it in this perspective. So they say God has a plan. I'm sure y'all have heard that yeah, saying yeah. before. Well, there's certain people who say, well, like, well, if God has a plan, then, uh, then you don't have free will. And it's like, no, <laughs> here's, here's, here's the, here's what's what you don't understand. God has a plan for every single possible infinite scenario in your life. Whether you decide to do this or this or a million, billion, whatever other things, he's got a plan for every single one of those because mm-hmm. he's God. He's, he's omniscient. He knows everything that could possibly happen. He just lets us decide which path we want to go down. So, uh, I, I, and, and people don't understand like how complex that can get. Think about that for every single living creature on planet earth. Like that's mind blowing. Yeah. 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 So we can agree on that hundred percent. I, it's, um, religion's always been fascinating to me because I've only come at it for at least outside religious. I'm a Muslim man, but it's like, I've never neglected other ideas. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, I, I chose to take the test of let me read about things and not come from a biased standpoint. Like try to understand, you know, because this is all historical. These were human beings. Um, you know, the Crusades were a thing. Every yeah. like, this all happened. And we can't neglect that. And guess what? That was also the design of God. So that means God's plan again. Mm-hmm. We don't I don't think we should be chasing what God's plan is at all in religion. Um, but it's more like I, I've come to realize every religion shares so many, I would say 90% so much, or more dude. of the same teachings, right? Oh, yeah. The, the other parts are just narratively speaking are completely different, right? So everyone's going to have their section of earth, the regions that we called, right? So we had like the area of Damascus back in the day, which ran the Middle East and it ran through the mountains of uh, Iran and like all that good stuff. And we had like some other regions of Asia and like the history of China and all that. So we're coming in from 
these light bulbs of ideas and everyone is sharing their through their perspective and perception really so when you read about these different religions you can feel that theme and i'm going to call them themes because it's a it ha- it leaves a feeling in you when you're reading into books especially when they're by god right mm-hmm. so I, I the only thing that i can like think back to and really relate is that everything teaches you how to be honestly a great person first of all um, it gives you uh, organization in your life mm-hmm. it has a uh, backup support for your heart that's one of the most important things so we see all these like this young generation is just lost and it's like yeah. they're not following any religion that's <laughs> that to me is even worse i've noticed uh it's a uh, very polarized there there are some who are very into it and there's some who are like super far away like yeah totally was, lost was it jordan peterson that's this said this but i think it was uh like ask ask students um do you believe in hell or heaven or are you going to if you die do you go to hell and they just laugh they're like we don't care but back in the day people went hmm heaven obviously i believe in heaven and hell yeah you know but it's they actually acknowledged it now it's just mm-hmm. a laughable subject which yeah which is a so, shame because i think yeah. like at the end of the day all religion at least most of it like it teaches you to walk a straight path and that path is is based on morality it's based on like making the, the best decision by the people around you yeah. um so i like i don't understand why people get caught up in camps it's, I mean, it's nutrition it's, fitness yeah. everything is a camp or all tri- tribalistic yeah so it's I, and I, I, I agree it's the same thing everybody's got to be a part of a certain team um and and i think what people fail to recognize when you do that is that you also have to identify with the bad of that team and a lot of times people don't especially when it comes to politics like the left and the right both have idiots on their on there's idiots on both sides and uh both sides love to point at the other side's idiots but don't want to acknowledge their own <laughs> yeah hypocritical which honestly mm-hmm. i've seen like dude it doesn't matter it could be your own people and you're like wow and sometimes it's you and you go oh my god i'm the, me but, but it happens sometimes we do things subconsciously it, it's that's not the point i think the point is like but i'm just gonna leave it as simple as this in islam i think one of the hardest things that hit me and it was so simple too it was this the first words that were brought upon us was read it didn't tell you what, it didn't tell you anything. It just said read. Guess what I've been doing for the past ten years? Been reading books. Just been reading articles. Been reading, 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 researching, reading. And guess what I've become in the past ten years? I didn't think I'd be here. I never planned this as a part of my life that I would be here. I thought I'd be like making movies all the time and just working on set. But I, was this chosen for me? I don't know. And that's the thing. I just had faith in something. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that something, by my terms, is God. And it, that's all it is. I just wake up, I do my job, go to sleep. And if, if I made $0, made 100 it's the same thing. And that's the kind of, uh, aw. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he's, been, he's been back here, like, I see his reflection in my, in my screen. I see him staring at me. Like, that is so funny. Matt's dog just came into the shot. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, like, what, one of my favorite quotes of all time is, I forgot where it came from, but the left wing and the right wing are part of the same bird. Yeah. 
it's it's a holistic understanding of whether it's nutrition um religion god politics like at the end of the day people have to take yeah. on this this holistic approach and, and this really ties back that. immediately into what we said earlier about connecting human connection is missing there's no like there's a reason why i dislike preaching today at least it's just not effective it's a it's a repellent almost yeah right i agree and especially because the younger generation is changing and it's, it's trying to become all about culture and culture is above religion at this point oh god no. and <laughs> it's changing the language we don't even know proper english anymore it's <laughs> you see it and it's and it's like it's sad and it's sad and it's worrying more than anything because you don't want to you know the real stuff and it's hard to see the fake kind of protrude and start taking over well the and another thing too is that uh you know in the bible you know god tells us do not be conformed to this world to the ways of this world uh which is which is culture in, in a lot of ways mm-hmm. uh, and you and you see how misleading culture can be yeah. uh it's evil there's a lot of evil aspects of our culture and it's trending towards that uh well now when i heard that line and i'm looking at things from a cultural perspective now i understand why god said that you know I, back then reading the line for the first time it was like okay well, well what, what does that mean but now taking a look at everything it's like oh okay no that's exactly what that means we want to avoid that mm. What are some things, maybe one to two things, because you strike me as a very curious person. What are one to two things that you're diving into right now? What are you learning about? <laughs> uh, in, in terms of... Uh, okay, it could be anything. Uh, lifestyle. It could be anything in your life, honestly. I think people are... Uh, generally, I think people are usually interested in current... Like, if I post something on my story right now, people are more interested in that than the actual post I posted two weeks ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like... As this episode comes out and catches traction, I think people are going to like love to hear about, they're always fishing for something new. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you're the type of person to offer that. <laughs> so mm-hmm. are you reading anything of interest right now? Are you looking into oh, yes. a, a certain industry? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, just real quick before, before we, we move over uh, yeah, sure. to that, I just want to make a quick interjection because I think it's really important for people to understand this. Uh, especially if they are uh, Christians, but even if they're atheists or, or whatever listening to this, I just I want to set this kind of this record straight for people that um, as as Christians, we're supposed to be the embodiment of Christ. We're supposed to be the representatives of Christ. So uh, there used to be like this little corny acronym, WD, WWJD, what would Jesus do? Mm-hmm. And, I'll, and, and I, I understand why that became popular because people don't ask themselves that enough, especially, especially Christians. Uh, and we make our own religion look bad a lot of the times. And I know that we're, we're, we're people and we make mistakes. And I really wish people would give us that grace and that mercy because we're all, we all make mistakes. Um, and we all let our emotions get the best of us and whatnot. But, but as, as Christians, we're not supposed to be condemning others. We are supposed to be, representatives of the love of Jesus Christ. And that is how you get people to accept Jesus into their hearts. You don't tell them they're going to go to hell. You, you, you tell them, or you show them 
grace. You show you listen to them. You pay attention to them. You you basically uh, you're being being kind to them, and eventually they're going to have that conversation. Like you know, uh, Matt is such a great guy, or whoever whoever it may be is is such a great guy. I wonder, you know, what what is what is it about it? And it, the best thing that you could do is just set an example for others. And I, I think that uh, there's not enough Christians who, who do that. And, uh, you know, I just kind of wish that was something everybody understood was yeah. instead yeah. of being, instead of being judgmental and, and condemning and being critical of others, show them love. Like that's what we're supposed to be doing. Take a so, step back. Truth. Yeah. Yeah. Rethink yeah. things. Um, that's an but awesome yeah. reminder. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, now to, uh, to answer your question, there's, actually uh a few things uh i'd probably say if we want to give it a a general label it's going to be functional health so especially when it comes to digestion so i did not realize the importance of digestion uh until i actually started reading about it i mean like y'all that that's where we get all our nutrients, we absorb all our nutrients and, and it's super important for that to be. And I didn't realize how delicate and fragile the digestive system was. It's not, uh, and, and then how much garbage we're throwing at it. To, and it's just, uh, the, the, to, to realize the mess that we're in it's crazy. Uh, as far as digestion is, is concerned. Um, and what I've, what I've learned, what I've come to realize is that uh, Western medicine for the most part is, I mean, this is not the part that I learned, but it's all it's mostly profit driven. And so once you once you realize that and, and you look at everything uh, from that with that lens, you could see why they make the decisions that they make. And you are a lot more profitable when you're sick than when you're well, like their incentive is to make money. It is not to make you healthy. So with that being said, there's some things that I learned about our healthcare industry that didn't really sit well with me, but now I make sense of it because I realize that it's not meant to make you healthy. It is not. Mm. And yeah, certain aspects of it are, it's not totally black and white. There's definitely some nuance in there, of course, as with, as with anything. But for example, I had a gastrointestinal issue after, after my competition this past summer. And I was almost certain that it was SIBO, which is small intestinal uh, bacterial overgrowth. So you have an imbalance of bacteria that are in your gut, uh, which can have certain effects on your body. So anyway, I you know, scheduled an appointment with the gastroenterologist and went in there. They ran a ton of tests and I was like, okay, great. We're going to get to the bottom of this with all the tests that we're running. <laughs> Inconclusive all across the board. and. Uh, finally, you know, on, on our last meeting, I was like, okay, well, well, what's next? You know, we, we haven't, haven't gotten a, a, a diagnosis just yet. Like what's, what's next? Uh, and she told me, okay, well, why don't, why don't you come back, uh, uh again in, in six months and, uh, uh, we'll do a review. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I was like, we don't even have a diagnosis yet. And you're just going to tell me come back in six months. You just want me to live with this. Like you're not going to do anything for that's why I'm here. I was like, are you kidding me? You run all these tests and, and, and 
they're inconclusive and, and this is all you have to offer. I was like, what type of scientist are you? Like, what type of doctor are you like to 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 make a decision like this? And so uh, another aspect of that, too, is I realized that my I had some some certain levels of, of my thyroid were off. Well, come to find out there's a connection between the gut and the thyroid. And more than likely, it's the gut that has to be resolved in order for the thyroid issue to be resolved because the gut, they both kind of influence each other. Um, but there's a greater chance that your gut is where the issue is because so many different things could go wrong there. So that got me thinking like, okay, well, if that's the case, then why wouldn't a gastroenterologist be working with like an endocrinologist? Cause I believe it was, it would be an endocrinologist who would deal with the thyroid. Um, yeah. Why so. aren't the, yeah, why aren't they working together to, you know, and, and that's the thing is the specialists like that, they don't, everything in the body is connected, but these specialists don't talk to each other to, to try to find out exactly what the root cause is because their, their goal isn't to find the root cause. Their goal is to find an effective method to treat the symptoms and manage the symptoms. And that's more profitable for them anyway, because if they could get you on a prescription, they could sell that to you over and over again. Mm -hmm. But once you're cured, there's no opportunity for profit. So I, I hate to say that. I really do. And I do believe that there are good people. There are good people, doctors uh, who really do want to help people. I just think that uh, they're not being told everything. Um I think that the way that they have it all set up as far as like education is concerned and uh, the organizations of uh, you know, hospital hierarchies and, and things like that and the influence of like other companies on education and uh, departments like the CDC and FDA, all that. I think it's just so much uh, that they've got it to where these doctors kind of stay ignorant to that aspect of it. But there are certain doctors who will wake up and say, you know what, I'm tired of doing this. Like I want to actually help people. And this is not. Um, and, and so I don't want to imply that doctors aren't, aren't good. There are plenty of great doctors out there who really do want to help. And they think that they are. And that's the problem is uh, it's so dogmatic as well that they won't question the doctrine. Um, so it's, it's a, it's a huge mess, uh, but there are people waking up and uh, I dove into functional health to actually learn, you know, how can I resolve this issue? Cause I can't, if I can't rely on, on a doctor to help resolve my issue, I'm going to have to take matters into my own hands. Well, what can I do with my diet and all that? And there's always something, there's a way to, 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 to do a lot of things, probably a majority of things to resolve them on your own. Um, but uh, I'm reading this book right now, uh, Why Stomach Acid is Important. And that's a pretty big eye opener. Um, basically, these uh, these antacids uh, are are it's a massive industry. It's, it's billions of dollars. They say they sell billions and billions of dollars of antacids every year. Uh, it's it's a it's a cash cow for them. Well, sham. yeah, here, here's the thing. Uh, if you watch. Any commercial for like Prilosec, uh, Zantac, Tums, whatever, uh, they'll do everything except 
just come straight out and say acid reflux heartburn is caused by too much stomach acid they'll they'll hint at it but they'll never come out and say it directly because that would make them uh liable like they're wrong the the data disagree disagrees uh there are there are plenty of stuff it's well documented that acid reflux and heartburn isn't caused by too much stomach acid which rarely it's most commonly caused by too little stomach acid bingo and people don't know that so they they take a look at these commercials and they're like oh this is going to relieve me yeah. of the the pain and and everything that i'm experiencing from acid reflux that's all i care about little do they know what they're doing to themselves downstream as far as digestion is concerned and nutrient absorption. When you have too little stomach acid, that means that your stomach isn't able to protect your uh, body because that's your first line of defense is that acid that's in your stomach. And then two, it's unable to break down food all the way uh, properly, uh, which can harm nutrient absorption or limit nutrient absorption and then it's not setting off the other digestive cascades that need to be set off in order to digest food properly so there's a it's a it's a huge mess and people don't realize that they're neutralizing that little bit of stomach acid that they already have and and making matters worse for themselves in the long run it's really sad and i can't believe that it's gotten this far, like how fooled people have been. Like it's, they keep us ignorant for a reason. Like, yeah. It's I tell taken you, them billions of dollars. That's hilarious, bro. I went through this, uh, when was this last year? Two years ago. Yeah, you, you've had some, yeah. quite a few. So I issues. went through the same thing. I had to go through a journey to find my gastroenterologist. But uh, by then I was already scarred up and like, I, I had no knowledge prior to what you were talking about with acid. You know, I, yeah. I gen genuinely, genuinely had the idea that the logic that was embedded by these commercials literally and it's just that too much acid and you, you were like oh visually that makes sense right it's burning yeah. it's it's what it's acid you know exactly but that's not the case man you can't always match the feeling to it and it's like the doctors don't give it out like that no it's and it's always been like omeprazole zyrtec uh, whatever it is and it's just oh me Oh, my is not working. Try it with a magnesium combo. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, God. Sure. All right. Now your stomach stops hurting, but you're not digesting food still. You're not gaining weight. You're eating 2,500 calories plus. And you're like, what's what, what's going on? What's going on? And then what do you know? The Reddit community is like, yeah, you're, you have a shortage of acid. I'm like, I've been through so many doctors and it literally took you this long. And so you found it in Reddit. I found it on Reddit, just people talking about it. People that have gone, like me and you, that have gone through yeah. gastroenterologists have figured it out in seven years, crunched up in three minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, wow. The crazy uh, thing about incredible. it is that it's counterintuitive. Like a, a lot of people yeah. take this into account as well. Antacids destroy stomach acid production. Yeah. So, so it's, where, where are we leaving it ourselves? It expands it. So it expanded my journey in food language. My nutrition language has changed. Like I have redefined what food is. After going on liquid diets and all that, I actually stayed away from everything to the point where I had no connection to it. So it was, I was at a fresh baseline. I can feed myself whatever I wanted and stick to it. And for a long time, honestly, I was on just massive eggs, um, just my favorite pasta, and it was just mostly dry. 
if anything, I had hot sauce, no more ranch, no more honey mustard, no more barbecue sauce. <laughs> and I felt alive, dude. I had the Conor McGregor body, skinny, but just like able to just kick your ass at <laughs> pull-ups any day. Um, mm-hmm. And it was, the feeling itself was awesome. And I was like, okay, where did I start with this? And it started with the problems and it started with even farther back. And it was the relationship with how you even, uh, what you did when you were hungry. So when I was hungry, my initial process used to be, what do I feel like? (laughs) That's the ultimate dreadful question. You should never ask yourself that. Oh God. Yeah. You learn to like things and that's it. Right. Mm -hmm. So if I, if I go, what do I feel like? Well, obviously I feel like three McChickens, two Big Macs. (laughs) Exactly. That's, that's not reality. So it's like, the relationship really had to change and that changed because of it. And it started with that one fact, the acid. Mm-hmm. And that led you on a journey of, wow, I need more. And now I'm, I'm eating, I'm eating yogurt. I hate yogurt, but I, I have it every once. I have found my fruit ones and I'm like, all right, that's good. Good bacteria. Great. And that alone, now I just don't have stomach problems. I'm like, what, what did I do? I just shifted what I ate. Literally, yeah. there's no more medicine. That is the medicine. <laughs> Yeah. And that, and that as a whole just gets you to be like, wow, I love this holistic stuff. And oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and it's beautiful. I love that you mentioned that. Yeah. Like I, I've been doing a lot of thinking about this because I, I help gentlemen with, I consider them the softer health skills because like the, the harder health yes. skills are like the obvious ones you go to sleep, but there are certain things that you really need to have order. And they're, they're detailed things that make or break um, the, the result that you'll get within any given subsection of health. So um, I, I really appreciate your, your perspective on, on that. And like, what are you doing specifically to fix your gut now that you have that background understanding? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, and and uh, right, right before I, I answered that, I just I wanted to um, just acknowledge that one of the reasons why I wanted to learn about this stuff is to offer that to my clients. Uh, to be able to give them a sense straight because hey, I'm a, I'm a health coach after all, uh, and if you're having digestive issues, that's probably going to slow down our progress anyway. And I need to be able to explain to you why this is important, how it's going to affect you, and how to deal with it. So it's like I need to learn this so that I can guide my clients here because that's just another aspect of my coaching and my skills that I can develop and offer to to help people, and I, I want to. I want it to be bigger than just body composition. I want it to be okay. Because here's the thing is no matter who becomes a client of yours, you never know what type of you know health issues they could be dealing with. Uh, so I, I would like to be able to offer that and be able to fix certain things, fix certain issues with, with clients that are, that are having no luck in Western medicine. Um, and to, to, to your point as, as well, or I guess both of you, all throughout life, throughout your life, you you are progressively in an area area of life. Uh, you're given a little bit more responsibility as you, as you get older. The only area, or at least the only one, I, I'm, there may be more, but the only the the main area that that people aren't given that extra amount of responsibility is their diet. Like we eat like kids for the rest of our lives. Like yeah. you 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 have to have a little bit more responsibility as you get older. But there's nobody to teach us, hey. Uh, we got to graduate beyond, oh, this is what I feel like eating or this is what I'm craving. Oh, I want candy. Yeah, I'm, I'm hungry. I want what tastes good. 
I want to chew something. Yeah, we have to evolve above that and stop eating like children because that's what most people do is, oh, what do I feel like? Oh, this tastes good. Let me just eat this because it tastes good. Well, you got to think about the consequences and add a little bit more structure, have a little bit more discipline, another routine with your with your diet. So that's a big problem uh, that I I realize is we're all just eating like kids. We haven't graduated to like an adult diet. And, and yeah. some people eat like that for the rest of their lives. But uh, but yeah, uh, so to answer your your question, Zaid, um, basically for for my for my issue, it's not 100 percent resolved yet. And it can take uh, several months to resolve an, a, a gut issue. And, and that's another thing that people need to be able to understand as well is if you get on a protocol, you got to think to yourself like, OK, I need to stick with this for however long like some people can resolve their issues within three weeks some people may take up to a year so uh it's very different across the board but for me what i did for the for the stomach acid issue was uh once i realized that these antacids are helping they're actually hurting uh I looked into other alternatives and I found this supplement uh, called uh, betaine hydrochloride. Uh, it's basically where you can take hydro. It, it helps your stomach produce hydrochloric acid. Basically yeah. that's, that's your stomach acid is hydrochloric acid. So uh, it's got pepsin in it, which usually you need to have, if, if you're not producing enough stomach acid, you're likely not producing enough pepsin either. And pe- pepsin is an enzyme that helps to break down protein. So I take this supplement, uh, right before I eat. And, uh, that's supposed to help. Of course, your, your body produce, like I said, the amount of stomach acid you need. So you're digesting your food properly and whatnot. Um, but the, the main underlying cause I believe of acid reflux and heartburn is the, I don't want to say malfunctioning, but that's probably the best word I can think of right now. It's the lower esophageal sphincter. That's that muscle that closes off at the bottom of your esophagus and at the top of your stomach connecting the two that is there to allow food to come in and prevent acid from coming up. Well, for, for, for some reason it's opening. Uh, and what is causing it to open? Well, there's a, there's a few things, uh, that can weaken the LES, the lower esophageal sphincter, uh, stress, smoking alcohol certain types of foods like i didn't know peppermint and spearmint could weaken Mm -hmm. that that uh uh, there's certain medications that uh, are supposed to relax like smooth muscles i I believe is what it is well that's what the lower esophageal sphincter is is a smooth smooth muscle so uh i can't list them all off the top of my head right now but yeah that's basically what i did to eliminate the low stomach low stomach uh acid issue uh as well as just trying to to relax like i was so stressed out um and and stress is a huge uh factor in you know digestive issues like uh, more than more than people believe um so so it was just trying to mitigate that and but mainly mainly the uh betaine hcl with pepsin and uh of course that supplement with magnesium and all that too because uh uh magnesium is i believe helps in the formation of stomach acid as well mm. 
And, you know, just to add on to that, I think this it's that's all valuable stuff you've given. I mean, a lot of people just really don't know any of that information. One thing I'm big into circadian biology. I'm a big fan of like studying the circadian rhythm and making sure that that's all dialed in in regards to sleep and overall health. One thing a lot of people don't think about is that eating a large meal after sunset, I mean, generally, let's say 730 to 8 p.m., that's what actually allows that valve to open up when it's supposed to be closed. Um, so that's another like practical tip a lot of people can take. Just you can get away with like small amounts of fruit and small amounts of other like whole food nutrient options. But if you're having your large meal right before bed, it's a recipe for disaster, especially with acid reflux. Yeah, it can be uh, because uh, when you eat, you know, there's a lot of cascades that happen when you when, when you eat. Of course, even just thinking about putting the the food in your mouth or seeing the food can make you salivate. So there's there's a few cascades, the cascade of events that happen in your digestive tract. And one of them is time to produce more stomach acid because we're about to eat more food. So when you do go to bed and you have you know food in your stomach and whatnot, and, and you do have a, a, a good amount, that could possibly, especially laying down, yeah, uh, could, yeah, very potentially uh, cause the LES to open and allow acid into the esophagus. I love it, man. It's music to my ears. Dude, I, yeah. Uh, I love it. I'm actually excited for this episode to be released because it's going <laughs> to pop, dude. It is going to pop. Um, I think the last thing I want to get into is uh, really just to conquer the complaints of most people. And you mentioned stress and it has a lot to do like digestive problems. I learned this the hard way as well. Is comes from a deeper point than you think. And it's what controls your whole system, which is your brain. Right. And if we don't have that under control, it starts with the esophagus and it can get worse. Um, so I think the point is, is we don't focus enough on being open-minded with health either. So we neglect, like we'd be like, nah, there's no way my brain could be responsible for this. Why neglect it? Yes, there could be like, we, we run to simply thinking we know things rather than taking the time to just read about it. Well, it's a Dunning-Kruger effect. Yeah. A lot of times. And it's like, honestly, just read the book by David Frankel. It was, uh, what was the book called? I forgot what it was called. But um, it basically was just, do you, you remember it, right? No, I, I, I was thinking of Victor A. Frankel. Oh, Victor A. Frankel. Sorry. I said oh, David. was that? Search for yeah, Victor A. Frankel. Man's Search for Meaning? Yep. Okay, yeah. Beautiful book. Yeah. Because that really made me realize I had a closed-minded part on my end from at least medicine or uh, just the nature of things. And that one put into perspective where it's like, you don't, you have no idea how strong your brain is and could be caught. You can have, you can get cancer from a certain type of stress. Like, like yeah. that, that's insane. And, and just me knowing that one sentence, like fact can change your life. Which is why I tell people like read that book or just, you know, follow us, follow us, follow Matt. Like we we're trying to kind of just hint at, yo, this is a collective duty to be the best version of ourselves because there's no room for anything else. Like at the end of the day, our time is short. I don't want to be living here seeing kids die at 20 and 18 and 14 and, mm -hmm. yeah. and dude, suicide rates are going up. Like it's, it's just for what reason, man, a girl. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
So it's like the, I think the mental structure of everything is, is the core thing that's going to take care of you going to the gym, you submitting to the identity shift and lifestyle that you want, you balancing out your schedule. And it, and it, it's just, it, it leads to organization and, and a better feeling and a, that's what happiness is. It's just being, being about all of it. It's proactive and excited about tomorrow, stopping porn so that you can get your receptors working to enjoy and being triggered with the normal mundane things in life. Mm-hmm. We don't have that anymore. Like that's, it's gone. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. even with music, it's a tap of a button. You, you can switch songs any moment. There's no putting the cassette in and just waiting or fast forwarding even. So you have to through it. It's just straight yeah. to the next point. And it's, if we don't realize that that's a problem, then we're never going to change. <laughs> Yeah. And, and Matt, this is like one of the last things that I, I really want to say, because I, I've seen your work. I've, we followed each other for a little bit of time and yeah. I really do have to commend you on the, the information that you're putting out and the fact that you have skin in the game. You, you had a video on that. I think it's extremely important. So you are doing God's work and you're, you're making a lot of change in people's lives. So I do commend you on that. A character to follow guys. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, no, I appreciate that for sure. Of course, um, man. And you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, that, that, uh, that aspect of, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess uh, it, 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 there's a lot that goes into it as well. Like with 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 people not or just being disconnected and not present and uh, curious uh, about certain things. And there's a lot, like I said, there's so many factors that come into play, especially like with men. Uh, in masculinity, you know, people say we're having a crisis of masculinity. There's a lot that has gone into that, but for the most part, there's a lot of boys who are growing up without that positive, strong, masculine male role model in their life to to, to teach them, hey, this is what it means to be a man. This is what you're supposed to do. This is how you handle yourself. And men, we need that. We need that. We we uh, we we don't just masculinity isn't something that just comes with age. Masculinity is something that you earn. And there's a lot of men who, who don't understand that. And masculinity is also, also bestows masculinity. Uh, so if you look like, you know, back in like tribal times and whatnot, there would always be some type of, of event uh, for, for the, the Jewish people. I believe the, is the bar mitzvah uh, when they, when they turn like 13, that's kind of their, Hey, this is you becoming a man. Um, and of course they have like, they usually, usually would have other tribes like in the past would have like grueling tests, uh, that they'd have to go to. They'd have to, uh, endure some type of adversity, some type of challenge in order to prove themselves. They had to endure pain or, or whatever it may be. Um, and then after they get done with that, they're congratulated by all the men. I mean, think about the amount of confidence that puts in a young boy. C- ceremonial. The, yeah, That's when, yeah, when when the men of his tribe are saying, "We're proud of you. You are now a man. You're here." Think about like how that would feel, you know. Uh, and so it's it's super important. And nowadays we don't we don't have anything like that. You're yeah, just it's follow it's, the crowd and it's depressing. You know? Like I, I yeah. see it, and it's like graduate high school party. Yay. Uh, 21 yay like what are we looking forward to to drink and then move like it's they're so small we could be counting and just filling in other things 
like yeah. checkpoints like that, you know, the celebratory, like brotherhood is, is very hard to find these days. I, I would say, um, yeah. you know, I, I know a lot of young men that are like 21 to 25. Just lost. man. They're just lost. They're, and they're craving it too. And they're just about like, okay, who are your friends? Well, it's Jessica, Jennifer, Kylie. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Where the dudes at, man? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> you know, and it's like it's like it's a, there's a shame with walking around with, as a sausage fest. No, bro. If anything, like I'm, we're, we should be, you know, in that in that vibe of you know, I hope someone fucks with us today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what you should really be about. Yeah, and that's another uh, thing that I don't know. I guess a, a person to kind of point out would be like Andrew Tate because he's kind of he's kind of a hot topic. <laughs> yeah, kind of a is. hot topic right now, um, but. Of course, he has beautiful women around him, but for the most part, he's hanging out with his, with his boys. He's hanging out with his guys, and uh, they're going out and doing cool things. You know, uh, we're going out and doing stuff that guys do. And I, I actually saw this like TikTok video. I think it was either yesterday or the day before. But this this uh, woman was talking about how men don't even. She was she she was saying men didn't don't like women, which is is not true. But her point was that we're always trying to hang out with each other and impress each other and do things for each other as, as men. And it's like, you know, we are, we are kind of doing that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but, but that's the thing is uh, the respect of other men is important to us. Like that, like I said, that's kind of what bestows masculine masculinity bestows masculinity. So if you can earn the respect of other men, like that, that val- kind of validates you. Um, and so a lot of men see it that way. But yeah, there's, there's not much of that today. And there's a lot of young boys who are craving that and they're lost and I hate it for them. And it's like, that's, that's part of also like my mission of like the content that I put out and whatnot is to help younger guys. Because if they're anything like me, when I went through those breakups and I had to learn about what it meant to be a man and why things played out the way that they did, then, then I understood all of that and really wish that somebody had taken me under their wing and showed me that stuff when I was younger. So that I wouldn't have had to deal with that. So that I would have been prepared for that. And I know there's a lot of men out there who are going to deal with similar issues. So uh, uh, it's, it's a, it's a pretty big problem, but I feel like there's a lot of things that are coming around too. I mean, like it's pretty amazing to watch the market. Um, and I don't mean like, stock market or anything like that, but just to watch trends pop up and then voids take place and then people filling those voids. I don't know if you've noticed, uh, um, there's different men's groups now. Uh, Zach Small has one with uh, the the Fraternity of Excellence. There's another gentleman on TikTok who's got, he's the warrior's way. Uh, and there's, there's more, there's these groups of men that are kind of forming where you can actually go in and connect with other men and, and whatnot. And so, there, we're finding ways to kind of resolve that issue, but it's just like, we're not quite there yet, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there is a smaller scale to play with. Yeah. And I think, um, listen, honestly, this, this conversation has been amazing. We definitely want to get you on again, recurring guest. Yeah. Um, the 2am podcast is definitely big into brotherhood. Yeah. That's what I'm learning. We so. don't make guests, man. We make friends. We make friends. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's what we try to strive for. We're big fans of like the Joe Rogan podcast and all that, but you know, yeah. we have our own selection too. Absolutely. Where can uh where can people find you just as a little as a as a send off? We'll have all the links included in the description as well. Yeah, so the the major platforms that I'm on currently are 
going to be Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok, all under the same hashtag or same username, uh, Matt underscore S underscore Stevens and Stevens with a PH. Uh, my website is realmattstevens.com. And uh, yeah, uh, pretty much if you try to contact me, message me on on any social media platform, I will respond to you. I'm pretty big about, you know, being able to talk with people and trying to be real uh, with with people. So those are the those are the main places you can find me. Amazing, brother. We love it. All right, guys. Another like minded, beautiful soul here. Thank you so much, Matt, for joining us today. Yeah, no, I appreciate you guys having me. I, I really enjoyed this. Uh, um, it's it's turned out to be e- even better than what I expected. I had high expectations too, so that's that's even better. So that's I nice. appreciate. Thank it. you, man. Appreciate it, man. All right, guys, you know where to find us. We're on YouTube at the Two AM Podcast. Go ahead and subscribe. Turn on that bell notification so you never miss a damn episode. Yes. This one's going to be a fire one. Go ahead and share it. Rate us a five star review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and we're available on all major streaming platforms. We will catch you next time, guys. Peace. Peace.